This is what you cook. I'm in New York, where it be cold. Look at my neck, cause it's iced out. I'm in the field, we going up. Told him to cut all the lights out. You want a problem? You better think about it, cause I come with a price now. I get a go, I do not think about it, I don't go with the hype style. Yeah, you want a problem, little bitch, I ain't involved. Everything that we talk about still left unresolved. Baby, you was just the one playing, that's how I recall it. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Halts with your boy Ant and me, Teddy. And we have a very special guest today, Moose from Atlas Trading. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, I'm excited to talk about some shit with you guys. Yeah, man. Well, I just want to off the bat say that you're my favorite scalper in Atlas. Um, and I focus, if you post something, then it's like immediately up on my screen. Like you're one of those guys that there's not very many people. It's like when Zach Morris posts a swing, I'm immediately checking the daily and immediately checking fundamentals. But you're that guy for scalping for me in Atlas. I, I appreciate that, man. I uh, That has been my focus for a long time now. So, and, and I usually try to like, uh, you know, limit what I post. I don't always, I don't post a million tickers. Uh, but when I post something, I, I usually have strong conviction in it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. So off the bat, we do some news stuff just to get the ball rolled, some stuff that's out in the uh, out in the press for stuff that could move stocks in the near future. So the first one we have is that infrastructure bill. Um, I saw that it could it could have a lot of transportation money towards transportation. What do you think about that um, and how it could impact different sectors? Yeah, so we've seen we've seen the infrastructure bill come up multiple times uh, and we've seen how it's how it's affected stocks. Um, I mean, Obviously, we have like, you know, there's there's always a sector trade with the infrastructure bill. There's the railways, there's the EV. Um, I think it's, this one's definitely going to be focused on, uh, you know, EV and um, you know, like internet comm stocks. Um, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how the EV market moves. But then again, uh, you always have to keep in mind that half these stocks are, are shitty. And uh, especially the ones that I know, like a lot of uh, your listeners and people on Twitter, they, they trade shitty stocks. So, you know. Keep that in mind when you're trading them. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see what goes. I'm interested to see what sticks. Um, that's going to be my main focus, see what sticks and uh, trade those plays. Yeah, a lot of these aren't long candidates. A lot of these are like a few weeks to a month or two candidates just because of this infrastructure bill. And then you hop out before you find out their CEO is having an affair or putting his thing exactly. up on stock twits, that kind of shit. What do you think, Ant? Yeah, uh, like Moose said, I think this will... I think this is going to affect EV stocks a lot. Um, it's kind of crazy. I was t- I forget who I was talking to yesterday or two days ago, right before uh, Morgan Stanley came out with that cr- ridiculous Fisker price target. But I actually wasn't... I was pretty bearish on EV. Um, I thought we were going to get a pretty big-time pullback, and that's when I was going to jump in. But I think this probably gives us a short-term boost. Um, yeah, I traded Fisker today, actually. Yeah, so did I. I uh, I was scalping Fisker all day. Um, you just gotta whatever the flavor of the day is is what you gotta go with. So I was bearish yeah. on EV, and we have this infrastructure bill. We have that Morgan Stanley price target. I'll, I'll play whatever. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I think about it. Yeah. So, and then the second thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was there have been a lot of kind of scientific reports coming out that sea levels are rising to the point where there's like islands tropical islands that are already seeing their i think their entire um square footage of their island like shrink by one third or one fourth um which for an island that's pretty massive 
But I was kind of thinking that that could push us more towards green energy stocks if that gets big. I don't know if it's going to get big enough to where it's going to be all over Twitter and that kind of thing. But I was seeing it when I just Googled world news and like recent news. Um, there were probably like half the articles were about this certain island um, and group of islands that that's happening to. And they think it could happen to more soon. So I was thinking that could push us towards like the and then also Biden came out with that thing saying that by 2050, he wants 100 percent of jet fuel to be renewable. Um, so I think like combination of all these things, plus infrastructure bill, possibly giving the EVs a push could move us towards green energy and types of like fuel plays. Um, but that's my thoughts on that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I I hadn't heard of the what you just said until until you brought it up earlier. But um, do you know? I was going to ask you. Do you know what islands they were? Were they random islands like you know in the middle of the ocean, or were they inhabited islands, or what was it? Um, I want to say that they said like one third of them were inhabited. Um, wow. But a couple of them, I think I think they were inhabited by like types of like tribes of some sort, like um, not overly civilized like not like cities and stuff that kind of thing but more of like native um people to the islands interesting yeah i i think uh, before and we see any push unfortunately this sounds kind of cynical but it would have to happen to you know some someone that matters that's yeah I'd not to sound like an asshole but that's just kind of how it is um but it is good to keep on the radar for sure um and how that'll affect affect the markets because that is very interesting to think about also about transportation as well might get affected by that um, you know, boat transportation through, uh, like if, if some flooding in canals, like we saw before, uh, you know, you never know what happens with that. So some, definitely something to keep in mind and look at, but, uh, short term, I don't think, uh, it'll have any effect in the markets unless something, something drastic happens. Yeah. If like Hawaii goes under, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, then we're seeing some big shit. Do you know, uh, do you know what they were attributing that to? Like, is it global warming? Is it? Yeah, they were saying climate change. I remember yeah. they were saying like I saw a picture. There's a picture in the thing where a bunch of people's houses like it was an over picture up from above and they were had like TPs and like random like wooden structures and like half of them you could barely see the tops of them but then like the top of the island, the middle of the island, you could see everything, which it looked pretty brutal, but I mean yeah. if it's a small it's one then yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things where people aren't going to care as much as it sucks for everyone to hear about and stuff. Like yeah. Said. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys drinking today? Anything specific? Um. So I got this this sour ale. Um. It's okay. It's just like an average beer. It's just like one that you can buy at the store. It's from Big Grove Brewery, which is kind of near me because I'm in Iowa. Um. I like sour ales. They're kind of fruity because mm-hmm. I've gotten away from seltzers recently. But I heard my boy Ant, or not my boy Ant, my boy Moose over here is going out with seltzers today. What do we got? Yeah, you know, I had to pick it up for you, Teddy, because I, I know you're you're rating all your seltzers, and I'm like, you know, what? I got to go try that now. Uh, so I, I saw this, I saw this bang bang ones in the store. So this one's the purple kittles. No idea what the flavor is. Uh, tastes like it says zero sugar, but it is extremely sweet with artificial sweeteners. So I was hoping it was when I looked at zero sugar, I was hoping it was actually you know not that sweet, mm-hmm. but it's kind of trash. So uh, I might move on to something else after this. Yeah, I don't like those super sweet ones. Like the the Trulies are kind of like that too. They're like overly sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, I want. I mean, I like the the flavor's not bad. It's just uh, I, I can't drink it for more than you know ten sips. Makes your I, throat itch. I chose this solely off how hard the can looks. It's, yeah, that is sick. That is pretty sweet. It's a uh, it's a citrus IPA. It's actually really good. I don't like 
I don't like IPAs that are real hoppy, but this is a little more fruity, so I can tolerate it. But um, I'm gonna open up a new one right now because you know what? I don't care. That <laughs> yeah, one's pop one and let's see what it is. The crook and marker. This is the Bud Light Platinum, eight percent. So oh, what flavor is this? It. It's citrus. Okay, that one's I haven't had one of those ever before. No, I've never had those either. Eight percent sounds nice though. I could drink a few less. Yeah, yeah. It's made with agave. It's not bad actually. Uh, it kind of has like a piss taste, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess that doesn't constitute not bad. But uh, dude, the crook and marker ones are really really good. I wish I had one for today, but I drank all of them. Those ones, I think they're made with agave. What's too. it called? Crook and marker. The one I put. The one I sent you. Remember you oh, asked yeah, me if they you were. Sent, you sent that to me. Yeah. Somebody somebody suggested those on Twitter, and dude, they're really really good. This one's not terrible, uh, not great, but honestly, high noons are just are my go-to. High no. noons are too good, man. I can't get away from them now. Yeah, I They're, literally, if I see high noons, I am picking them up. I was gonna get them today, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try some shit for Teddy. So far, I've been disappointed. But hell yeah, I mean, thank you for trying stuff. But uh, high <laughs> noons are fucking king, dude. I feel yeah, like high noon, high noon pineapple. Uh, honestly, can't cannot beat that one for me. I could smash a lot of those. I'm a peach guy. Peach high noons. Peach, peach is great too. Peach is great too. I feel like they're really weird though. They have to be cold. Like some things are tolerable if they're like a little not as cold, but those for me have to be like super cold. I don't know if it's, I think it's the vodka. It might because if Probably. like if beer is like a little warmer, it's like oh, it's it's okay, it's beer. I mean, I'm just gonna drink it anyway. It tastes like beer. Yeah. Mitch seltzers have like a beer base, but um, those have vodka. And vodka when it's warm, dude, ugh, it takes me back to like freshman year in the dorms with no freaking mini fridge left or whatever no room in there so i was drinking warm vodka yeah yeah that's about yeah. to move all right i think some people some people hate high noon or don't love it and then some people are just obsessed with high noon and I i'm obsessed i yeah, fall into as well they're so good i could talk about them all day i could just i could rate every flavor on here we could just do a two-hour <laughs> podcast with me talking about high noon flavors yeah um i think we're gonna get into what we've been trading this past week um i'll start i've been uh again just scalping a lot um i actually started to swing an nndm this week that had a nice little run today that i got out of i was trading sofi i know they had uh earnings thursday i got out of that um i've just been scalping I had some really good scalps today I, uh scalped fulc um that was that was really good. I scalped FSR. Um, Zev was another really good one. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically what I've been doing. Like I talked about last episode, I've just majority scalping. Um, I'm trying to be all cash at the end of each day. Um, Teddy, what have you been trading? Anything specific? Um, I'm trying to pull up my, my thing here real quick. But mostly, so I'll just read off what I've been doing the last. So... Yesterday I traded um, APT and then I traded Sarah SERA, which I put out a TED talk on Sarah, um, the one where it's a pregnancy um, to make sure the baby is going to be either premature or not premature. They give you a test and it's the only test of its kind and they just IPO'd and they're 20% below IPO price. So I bought that and then it immediately popped like I think it was like 15% or 10%. So I sold some of that. Um, Clove, I anticipated an ER run up from last week. So I bought in last week and I was holding from like eight bucks and it went to like 890. So I sold at 10 or 11%. Um, 
And then this today, I was kind of on those mass plays because AHPI, um, for some reason, has just decided to put on its boner pants for like three days in a row. Mm-hmm. So I had some AHPI and I just scalped the shit out of it. Like I had 3.5%, 2%, 4%, 8 like here and there, just bam, bam, bam. Um, and then I took some APT off of it too. And I got like 5% out of that, another 4%. And then Mara, I'm holding overnight um, because I think Bitcoin is still cooking and they were down like 5%. So I took some Mara off of that. But I mean, I'm doing the same thing. I'm keeping it kind of just um, pretty light, keeping it light, taking 3% to 8%. Um, if it goes more, it goes more and I'll, I'll take it. I'll put a trailing stop or put a stop and then move it up slowly. But um, that's about all for me. What about you, Moose? What are you doing? I'm I'm on the scalp train as well, boys. Honestly, I've been, uh, you know, I've been trading everything, uh, anything that's moving on the day. So recently, uh, FTFT, I traded traded all uh, short trades on that. Actually, I had one long trade, multiple short trades. Uh, AHPI, I was long. I actually I actually thought AHPI was a fantastic overnight yesterday. I said in chat, looks like a gapper. It was. Um, I saw that too. The chart you put out on there about how it was gapping a lot. Yeah, that's that's a gapper chart. If you if you want to go look at a chart that looks like it's going to gap, that's that's my criteria for it. AHPI was a, a gapper chart, so I traded that. I, I didn't get I didn't catch the full move there, but uh, it was a good one. Um, I shorted uh, Fisker in the morning as well. Uh, I could have had a long trade out of that, but I decided to move on. Um, what was that one? IMB, I think today I shorted as well. Yeah. Um, I've been shorting, I've been, you know, when the market's slow, I, I like to look at what's breaking, like, you know, like IMV, it has, it broke over PM highs, but when I see the weakness, I don't know if you guys have the chart pulled up. I'm looking right at the chart. I do. Yeah. Um, like when I see weakness right after that PM high break, I, 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 I'm watching that and I have like alert set and you know, I, I don't think that's going to continue after that. And you can see the volume dies for the rest of the day. So I, I shorted that one too. Um, I did go long on a few things as well. Uh, what were some good ones? I think I made a few long trades on Fisker as well. Uh, BTBT has been a great, a great trading vehicle recently. BTBT has been crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, that one is just long, short. I've been trading it yeah. all the time. Uh, mainly, mainly, mainly long, but because um, Bitcoin's always been so strong. And I don't know. I don't know if you guys know why this just decided to rip face for a week and a half straight. But if there was some news, a 726, there might have been news. I don't know. I don't remember what started. the news was. There was something because I, um, I feel like it was an offering or something. Not to interrupt you. I um, I don't. It, there was something because I remember I've been playing it for two weeks. I can't yeah. remember what it is. But uh, did you host a bit digital announce expansion of strategic collaboration to further increase combined hash rates by two Ethereum? Uh, so they increased their hash rates by two to Ethereum and it's just gone up. I don't know. Yeah. 150% since then. That's uh, I posted something on Twitter last week on, uh, uh, I use supply and demand when I scalp and, um, it was just following demand levels like crazy. Yeah. Two weeks. BTBT so. was a very clean play. Yeah. That was, that was great. Um, what uh, what sectors are you looking at? Anything specific? Anything you think is going to get hot here? Right now, Bitcoin. Um, yeah. That's been my main focus. Uh, honestly, I've been looking at BTBT a lot. FTFT had some potential. I just hate the stock. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really bad stock. Yeah. Uh, they always drop offerings. They always have an S3 ready to go. I, I never trust them. Um, they used to be really thin. And now they're heavy they are, now, bro. Now they are extremely heavy. I remember when FTFT traded like a micro cap in like the $2 range. It was awesome. Yeah. When uh, we say, just for the listeners, when we say heavy, we mean that it takes a lot to move it. And you're seeing big bids and big like block buyers going through that are barely moving it. Um, yeah. Thin would be something that moves really, really quickly. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going, Moose. No. Yeah, exactly right. If you look at FTFT trade like a, you know, like a barcode, uh, and you know, 200,000 shares go off and it doesn't move a cent. It's just, it's just really hard to move the stock. So that's why on uh, a few days ago, I was short FTFT. I think, what was it? Tuesday? Is that yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday I was shorting FTFT. Um, I didn't think, I, I also went long too, but I was shorting all the pops and then, you know, I was buying the dips and just literally trading one stock all day long, uh, mainly. And making a few trades. I didn't trade it all. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't trading every tick, but just waiting for the right setup and trading that one. Um, also, it's really important to look at the, but when you mentioned uh, us saying it's thick, so important when you're trading, um, um, day trading to make sure you know what the float is, mm-hmm. what the outstanding shares are, just so you know how, get an idea of how you think it's going to move. Yeah. Just check out those like levels that it's moved from. And if there's a wide range, just know you want to buy at the bottom of that range um, and know that it's going to move quick if volume comes in. And if it, if it's heavy, just know that it's going to take some time and you might have another chance to get in. Um, yeah, just remember both of those things. Teddy, any uh, anything specifically like you're looking at like sector-wise that you think is going to get hot? Um... Um, I agree with Bitcoin 100%, but he already touched on that. Um yeah, so Bitcoin, and then I think I think we see gambling get hot. I think with NFL starting, say, yeah. Penn. Um, I'm taking Penn for a swing. I think Penn is the chart is absolutely freaking set up to the max. Uh, broke out of that downtrend, double bottomed, and we're looking at a reversal now. And then DraftKings is another good option since they just acquired Golden Nugget. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that later. But that's kind of the two sectors that that stick out to me. What about you, Ant? Uh, that's what I was gonna say. I don't want to say the same thing as you though. So I like clean energy too. Um, I think clean energy gets hot. Some some ener- clean energy stocks have been hot, but uh, I really like the usual Givo, AMTX. Um, those are things I'm looking at. So CLSK, CLNE, yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. Um, a little tip for people if you want to look at sectors and try to look for sector rotation and stuff i don't know if we talked about this before but you can go on finviz check out groups that's a real easy way you can see uh performance for the day week month year whatever you want really <clears throat> but um yeah i think gambling bitcoin those miners clean energy i think that's all that's all stuff that is a safe bet maybe some uh maybe some of these ev stocks so um, let's hop into some questions. I know I have some questions for, uh, for you, Moose. Um, the first one I want to, want to ask you is what do you think is the biggest struggle that you see, uh, new traders encountering? That's a great question. Uh, a ton of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're new, uh, this is, this is a really loaded question. So I'm going to try to say a few different things that I think are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're new to trading, uh, a lot of times you don't have any direction 
on what kind of trader you want to be or what you want to do or what your goals are. Mm-hmm. And that just confuses you and it doesn't allow you to trade properly. If you don't know whether or not you want to invest or you want to trade, you want to swing trade or you want to day trade, you, you've got to try to hone in on, on something you think you're good at. Um, it's good to experiment in multiple areas, but you're not going to master all of them at once when you're new. So try to get good at something. And I recommend tr- getting good at, at swing trading to start because I'm assuming if you're starting, uh, a lot of people who start under PDT. So when you start and you're under PDT, it's really hard to get good at day trading when you have three day trades a week. And day trading is just hard to begin with. Yeah. Um, so try to get good at something like swing trading, or if you, if you are looking to invest, you know, learn about investing. Don't try to master everything at once. Don't try to be a day trader, a swing trader, an investor, uh, and you're three months into trading. It's just, you're not going to do well. Yeah. I, uh, to touch on that, I think it's important too. like, as a newer trader, you just don't really realize it, but, uh, a lot of newer traders are trying to do everything at once. They're trying to swing, scalp, day trade, invest all in one account. And that, that will never work. I've you've mentioned that before. It's really important to separate accounts. That's, and like Moose said, it's really important to try to get good at something. You're going to want to try everything and, and maybe you do try certain things and, and figure out what, uh, what you're good at. But I think that's a great answer to that question. Teddy, you have anything on that? Yeah. So I think that, uh, for me, at least in my kind of trading journey, scalping came last. Um, it kind of went swing trading and then investing and then scalping because for me, scalping is kind of the most intricate. It's kind of, you have to kind of add everything together. Everything has to line up. It has to meet all the criteria. And especially when we're talking scalping like news runners or the, the pre-market runners, that's, that's a dangerous game. You could, you could get knife 10%. And if you're being like, not careful with your, your percentages of your account that you're using, uh, that's dangerous. So I like to say, kind of learn the swing trade and then apply those principles um, to scalping later, but then you're going to have to add a ton of tools to your tool belt with scalping as well. For me, like volume was really hard to understand when it came to uh, scalping off the bat. Like it was, it's not quite the same as swing trading, swing trading. You don't have to have as much volume. You don't have to have volume stay steady, but scalping you do um, that kind of thing. And then also the charts are much different A five minute. There's a lot of different stuff that you can see um, rather than a daily daily is kind of cut and dry. Like this is what we're seeing. Um, so yeah, just, just learn slowly, but also um, find which one works for you and find the right path for yourself. But for me, it was swing trading and then scalping later. Um, yeah. It was yeah, as well for me, Teddy. It was, as, it was the same path for me as well. And you don't really have a choice when you're under PDT when you first start. So, you, well, you do have a choice, but it's just much more difficult. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to learn swing trading and it's, and you make a good point where when you're scalping, a lot of things have to come together um, to make a trade. And you don't really learn those things until you've stared at a screen for years. You know, like after you watch runners every day for two or three years or however long it takes you to, you know, finally something to click, it, it's not always like an indicator or a, a, a certain specific type of news. It's kind of a culmination of things that when you look at a chart, you get, you get a feeling in your gut and then you can... Yeah. You can yep. move. You can move off of that feeling that you have. A lot of times, I make trades. I look at something and I, I, I haven't even, you know, fully analyzed it. And I, I know that that's a trade I'm going to take. And then I, I back that up with, 
you know, looking at the daily and, uh, I can go through what I look at when I, before I make a trade, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that takes time for sure. And swing trading is also a skill. We talked about how we looked at AHPI and, uh, you know, I said yesterday, I said, this is a gapper candidate. When I, when I first started trading and the only thing I did was, was swing trade. Um, I had to look for gappers. I had no choice. If I wanted to find runners, if I wanted to make, you know, make my account grow, I had to find things that I thought were going to gap up overnight because I didn't have day trades or, you know, I wasn't risking day trading, um, in my small account. So that helped me, you know, like just growing as a trader in the beginning, like those having that skill as being a swing trader and, and only looking for gappers and looking for things I think are going to move overnight because I didn't really have a choice that allowed me to learn how to, how to see these types of setups, um, the day before. So don't ever think you're doing, um, doing it for nothing when you're, when you're starting out, you know, take it as much as you can and it all, it'll all, uh, contribute to your learning down the road. Yeah. That gut feeling. Um, when you said that, that gut feeling was, uh, kind of rang a bell in my head because gut feeling is something that kind of takes quite a bit of time, but once you get it, um, probably your most like valuable tool that you have the gut feeling i uh, won't go away you'll get it when when a stock is is something that lines up with all of your criteria and then you'll just know you'll just know okay this is one that i need to get a dip buy on or this is one that i need to hold overnight this is when i need to swing um so yeah the gut feeling that's something just with time like he said staring at a screen seeing things many times um yeah you'll you'll get that gut feeling but that's important yeah and and uh you know, when you get a, when you get those feelings, a gut feeling about a trade and, and it's the first time you felt it in a month, you know, you got to capitalize on those. Those are the trades where, and it's different for everybody. My gut feeling trade is different than Teddy's, different than Anthony's, you know, they're all, we all have different trades that are our bread and butter or a setup that, you know, we just look at it and we know it's going to move the direction we think. And don't try, you know, if you're first starting and you feel hesitant about that, don't, don't, if you'll know when you have that feeling. So don't, don't force it. But when you do have that feeling, don't miss out on those opportunities because not only will they pay you, but they'll give you that sense of confidence that you need when you're, when you're starting out, like, Hey, I can listen to myself when I see a trade that I know I like. Um, and that's that, those are, those are what will push you to those next levels. When you, you string a couple of those together, when you're starting out, and all of a sudden you're like, what the hell? I can, you know, I could do this and I don't need, uh, you know, a, a thousand alerts on Twitter or whatever to, to trade. Um, I could, I have, I, I know what I'm doing and that confidence will, will, you, you'll be surprised at how important just having that confidence is in your trading. Yeah. So that's a great point. The confidence thing. Like I uh, tell people all the time at, I've tweeted a bunch and like at some point you got to trust yourself. Like you, you, you just have to like you may fail at a couple times you may take a trade and it not work out but you you absolutely have to trust yourself or you'll kind of just stagnate and you'll never really progress um but i think those are all great answers to that question um i have another one it is uh what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to yourself as a beginner trader or just beginner traders in general um hmm. um I think when I started trading, I thought of it more as like, a, you know, I want to hit a, I want to hit a lick. I want to, you know, get in this stock and I want it to go up a hundred percent and I want to, you know, double it tomorrow. And, uh, that is the worst mindset you can have. If, if you're a gambler, go ahead. If, if that's how, if that's how you 
perceive the stock market as just, you know, you want to throw your money in, see what happens, gamble. Uh, but if you want to take it seriously and actually, you know, be consistently profitable uh, month over month, year over year, you have to you have to treat it just like anything else, like it's a job, you know, uh, you know, spend spend as much screen time as you can, because that's what's going to give you the ability to, to trust yourself. If you if you look at your screen uh, when people alert stuff and that's that's your extent of your screen time and you read the news once a week and uh, you'll, you'll never get to that level. So just you have really I, I mean. Everybody's goals are different too. Some people they don't want to sit at their screen all day. They don't want to be traders. They don't, as much as they say they do, they they don't act in the way in which uh, somebody has to to become that. So know what you want. If you really want to do this, it, it is possible, and it's very hard. It's not easy, um, but uh, you really have to take it seriously. Like it's like if it's a profession, and uh, don't give up. Trust me, I know that YouTube's been there. I don't even have to ask you if you have or not, but everybody's been there where they've they felt like they can definitely not continue. Like uh, yeah. I've spent all my my actual capital, my mental capital. Uh, I have I I don't know. You know, you feel like you are literally at the bottom, and uh, you know the 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 good the good traders and the and the strong willed people they they get out of that point and they continue, and uh, it it will pay off. Uh, if you put the time in now, most of you or a lot of people will fail, but definitely you need resilience when you start and uh, don't think you're going to get rich overnight because it's not going to happen. And if you do think that you'll get poor overnight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, that's a, uh, all great things. Um, I'll add to that. Even I'll say, I would tell myself that uh, just know you're going to fail and almost embrace the failure and uh, mm-hmm. and learn as much as you can from that. I know we preach keeping a journal, marking down every trade. If it's a losing trade, why did, why is it a losing trade and all that? I definitely say embrace the failure. And I and I've said this before, but I'd say please do not trade with money you uh, cannot afford to lose. Absolutely. Because if you're trading with money you you can't afford to lose, then you're just going to make terrible decisions. <clears throat> And and you're not really going to learn to trade the right way, and and honestly, you'll probably lose it all. So, those are the two things that I would definitely say. Uh, Teddy, what about you, huh? Yeah, I would say um, for me, if I could go back and tell myself something, it would definitely be treat my trading skill more delicately, um, like nurture it, as in give it time, give it time off. Um, like give myself time away from it and then give myself time where I can just envelop myself in it as well when it, when it feels right. Um, but also with that said, um, I would tell myself to just make sure that I, I keep the commitment high because there were times where when I first started and my commitment was low and I was like feeling like I should be learning when I wasn't learning and feeling like I should be taking time off when I was sitting there watching the screen. Um, so I didn't really follow, like, I felt like there were times where my mental capital was just completely gone and I should have taken breaks, but I like decided to like push through and, oh, I don't need break when I should have. And now I, I realize that a lot differently and it trading goes a lot smoother. You don't trade good on days where you're feeling like you shouldn't be there. And you do trade good on days where you feel like you should be there. Um, so treat yourself accordingly stick, like give the, give the market the stick when you're feeling good, like 
um, beat its ass when things are running and you're feeling like a rock star. But then if there's a day where you wake up and you're you have no motivation, like kind of give a second to evaluate that. Am I just feeling crap because I just woke up? Like, am I just feeling crap because I need my coffee? Do I need to work out quick and then come back? But if none of that helps, um, go do something you love for the day and go do something that that's that's the beauty of this job is go do something that you you want to be doing and then come back the next day and uh, hit it harder. You know, just just give yourself the time away. Give yourself the time there. Um, make sure you get the time in, but just give yourself the leeway to, uh, not have to be hundred miles an hour and, um, yeah, just, just be nice to yourself with it and take the time away, take the time to, uh, keep your mental capital all there. And, um, yeah, that's what I would go back and say. That's a great point, Teddy. A lot of, uh, I, I didn't touch on that, but I definitely, you know, some days you wake up and you're like, I, I do not feel like trading. I do, I'm just not there. And if Every time, without a doubt, when you go on your computer after feeling that way, you will not trade well, um, with almost no exception. So that's that is a great piece of advice. Another thing I want to say, um, uh, I think Anthony brought up, you know, don't trade with money that you you can't lose. If you're taking a trade and you're you start to get really nervous, your palms sweating, your heart rates up, and you just feel like uncomfortable, you need to size down immediately uh get into trades where you think where you feel comfortable in if that's it doesn't matter what that dollar amount is to you um get get to that level where you can you can execute that trade correctly because you can't execute execute a trade correctly even if you're thinking the right things even if you have a great plan you have a great strategy and you have this feeling about the stock and you're confident in it and you you let's say you oversize you're going to make a mistake because your emotions are getting in the way because you're oversized. If you draw that back, you're going to gain so much more out of that. And, and by having the right size, you're going to gain confidence because you're going to let that trade go through the way you imagined it going through. You're going to, you, you know, you might not make as much as, as if you, you know, threw your whole account in there, but what you'll gain out of that is so much more and having a calm collected uh, proper state of mind when entering a trade, like, it is, it is extremely necessary to, to make sure you're not palm sweaty. Uh, as I, like, that's one thing when I was a new trader, my heart rate was through the roof. My, uh, my, my literal palms were sweaty all the, all day at my desk. And I was like, this sucks. This is not fun. I don't like this. So I said, fuck it. I'm sizing down. Uh, I don't care. Like, you know what I make today. I just, I want to feel confident in my trades. All right. Um, and then the last question I have, which is, I guess kind of stock related, but not really is, um, if you weren't trading, what else, uh, could you see yourself doing? Uh, hmm. Ideally like just a random ass job. Uh, I'd like to work on like a fishing boat, honestly. Uh, I like to catch lobsters, but, uh, that's just, Do you like catch the, lobsters you know, actively. No, no, no. I would like to catch lobsters. I'd oh, like okay. to, <laughs> I think it'd be fun to be a lobster fisherman. I do love fishing. <laughs> But uh, besides trading a uh, legitimate job, uh, honestly, I don't even know. This is, this is what I do and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, 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 like, I like running my own ship. So, you know, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. I have a, I know exactly what I would do. I, um, you guys might laugh, but I'd probably, I'd either own like a restaurant or I'd own like a bakery restaurant or something because I love to cook and I like to bake. And That's I, awesome. Yeah, I I, oh, hell yeah. 
I don't think I could ever work for somebody, honestly. Like, I feel like I'd just be miserable. And if I did something like that, then I could uh, be my own boss and stuff like that. So that's probably definitely what I'd be doing. I would. So before I did any trading, I painted houses all through high school as my summer job or for a few years, at least. And then in college, um, I did too. So I would probably run a painting crew. Um, I actually sometimes miss it. Like sometimes I'm like, fuck dude, I wish I was painting a house right now. It's so relaxing to like, just watch the paint go on slowly. And then I don't know, it's, it's just a good feeling. Or I'd I painted, be doing... I painted in high school as well, Teddy. Uh, it's kind of nice, isn't it? You kind of are like, yeah. okay. No, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to, to go, go into something like that where you're just laboring. It, it's, it's rewarding in, in its own way. I, I painted white on white walls though. So a little less satisfying. We did like a <laughs> apartment, uh, like I, I repainted apartments after somebody moved out and uh, I was just painting white on top of white. So it kind of sucked, but you know, I had a good time. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I did. I did exterior, but I was always sweating, but it was kind of nice. Like sometimes I miss that just like exertion, but you get a nice, I'm okay with what I do now. It's you get a nice yeah, like high from it. <laughs> a totally nice like good. high from it. Is mm-hmm. that what you said? Yeah. From sniffing it? From the paint. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't remember it, but maybe, maybe that's why I like it so much. Maybe I'm looking Probably. back at better times because I'm just he's, like, he's addicted to huffing paint. Yeah, know. I still have the, the high <laughs> memories in my mind. That's funny. No, nah, but um, so we want to kind of get into the meat moose of of your kind of trading, and I know you're kind of a scalper. You go long and you go short both ways. So if you could just kind of give us a good um like overview of your criteria and your kind of strategy and how you look at things. That would be perfect. Yeah. So, um, uh, when I'm, so I wake up in the morning, I'll look at what's running, uh, whether it's, you know, trade ideas or even Webull has a really good, uh, function for that. Um, they show the runners and stuff, however you get it, look at what's running. And, uh, I'll look, the first thing I do before I enter anything is, is there news? Um, and how strong the news is. I know you talked about this a little earlier, Teddy, about deciphering, uh, you know, is this news strong? Is this news not strong? What's fluff? What's not? That definitely takes time uh, to just kind of get a gauge on it. Uh, But you could even avoid that and just look at, a lot of times the chart will tell you if the news is strong or not. Um, So I'll look at what's running in the morning. And I always, first thing I do before I enter a trade, do you want me to just talk about scalping here? No, you can talk about whatever kind of trading you're okay. doing. So I'll just talk about scalping for now or day trading in general. Uh, first thing I do is I look at the daily chart before I do anything, uh, because that is where I will find the key levels to the trade. Um, so let's, I want to, uh, like, for example, OHRP today, ORPH today. Um, I, I made a short trade on this that didn't work out for me. Uh, I ended up taking a little loss on it. I got lucky, but the point I want to bring up is I looked back at the daily. I didn't look at the daily chart early before I entered this trade. And after I entered it, I realized I did not, I did not enter at a good, at a good spot. So when I look back at the daily chart, I'm looking at key areas of support and resistance and whether I think that whatever is pushing this stock is going to, is going to break or not break that, uh, area. So for OHORPH today, this is just an example. Um, I looked at it, it was running on no news, nothing that I saw at least. And uh, the 650 level was an area 
the six level and the 650 level were areas that I charted out on the daily where I said, if it gets to the years out, I, I want to short it. Um, over 450 was the long, but I, I didn't catch it in time. But plotting out those daily timeframes is super important for me when I'm looking at that. Um, and then also just knowing what's running, what, what type of plays are moving. I'm not going to trade, uh, you know, when Bitcoin's taking a 10% plunge, I, I'm basically not going to look at any Bitcoin play for a momentum play, unless I'm shorting uh, something that's gone up. But um, yeah, first thing in the morning, look at what's running, chart out those daily points, and I'll set alerts, um, I'll set alerts on, on those key levels, and they'll pop up on my screen, and I'll, I'll hit them, and I'll look, I'll look at that moment. And each trade is, you know, obviously individual. Not always do my alerts mean buy or sell when I set them, but uh, they give me an idea of where to look at, and I, I'll go long or short that that stock. Um, currently, right now, I'm I'm I would say I'm 50-50. I go long and I go short. When the market's hot, I'll be mainly eight, maybe long, and when markets sh are shitty, you know I'm mainly short. So always always be ready to adapt. Yeah. Do you have any? So I know you were talking about kind of. Um, like determining if the news is going to push something to be able to touch those those resistance levels on the daily is there like keywords you look for or is it just basically like if it's going to bring revenue to the company um what kind of stuff do you look for in those prs and news to kind of tell you if it's important yeah sometimes um you know a lot like the biotech stuff it's pretty finicky you never know you know, even sometimes great news, it just doesn't hit and sometimes shitty news hits. So biotechs are really, really tough to sometimes figure out whether or not the news is going to stick on the day. Um, I like things that are big contracts, especially big government contracts. Um, those usually have a really nice, nice movement. If they're, okay. if they're a legitimate uh, government contract and if they're like a sizable number, I really like trading those to the long side. Um, patents. Are usually garbage uh and never trade patents long um you know orphan drug designation usually garbage it takes so long to get a drug from that stage to you know marketable stage um even phase one is normally not something i trade um news wise um i will trade them short though i will short them if there's if there's phase one news up 100 percent on some random drug that failed you know, the last four drugs and this one got phase one approval or whatever, you bet your ass I'm shorting that. Uh, also, I tank. look at the, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it depends on how much it's up. And also it's really important to look at the float size, like IMV today, perfect example. I would never have traded that short if I, if the float wasn't near a hundred million shares because that, I think there was some, they had some approval of their drug, uh, I believe, uh, IMV reports promising results mid-stage study on potential ovarian cancer treatment. They were up uh, at its high, I think, you know, uh, from the day before at 50%. You know, that that may or may not be good. I would have to look at like the legitimate, the study to, you know, really give you an idea of what that is. But knowing that it was a hundred million float, looking back at the chart, every time it goes up, it goes down, um, never sustaining a run. Those are things that you have to look at too. Does this does this does this stock run well? Just in general terms, when when it catches when it catches, does it catch hard or does it pop and it doesn't drop? Yeah. No, you gotta know you gotta look back. That's why looking at the daily is so important because you could if you looked at IMV or you looked at other stocks, you would say 
this stock never holds its gains. I don't care what the news is. It just doesn't hold its gains. And uh, knowing not to go long those stocks or to short them or stocks that, you know, rip for three days in a row, like look at BTBT, that was monster move. Shorts yeah. got destroyed in that trade. And the news, okay, they got it. I couldn't tell you how uh, spectacular a two Ethereum hash rate improvement is, but <laughs> I could tell you it's probably not uh, the, the market cap change that happened there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, don't fight the trend sometimes. Don't, if something's ripping, just don't fight it. Uh, if something like FCFT drops a, an offering every time they have news, um, probably going to short it. And if the float is as thick as it is now, I'm probably going to short it or not go or avoid it going long. If you're, I'll speak, I'll speak in those terms if you don't short things. But I would say shorting is a, is a great way to learn when you feel like people cover. It's really, it's really an eye-opening thing to get into a short trade and realize where you're nervous instead of being on the long side of the trade. Um, a whole another aspect of trader psychology, like realizing that some of these, when something sells off, um, these potential reversals are possibly just shorts covering. Um, exactly. And since I started shorting, I've, I've been able to kind of tell the difference. And that's why a bear flag is a bear flag. Um, it's probably because mm. there's some shorts covering in that moment. And yeah, that's a great thing to bring up is that short side of things. If you could expand, like just talk a little more about that short side of psychology, that'd be, that'd be freaking great. Yeah. So I, I was a long biased trader because, you know, I, I started trading by, you know, watching other people trade. They were always long. They were always long. And then I'm like, I'll go into see these slow periods and I'll see, you know, everything's going up a little bit and dropping. I'm like, why am I not capturing that side of the trade? So I started, you know, really small because I was, I was unaware of the territory. So, you know, position size, less than half my normal size. I started getting comfortable making short trades. And, um, I realized there's very, oh, there's a lot of potential in this, uh, when the markets are slow or when, you know, I look at trades a lot of times and I'll be like, I'm not going along this and then I'll move on and it'll drop 10%. And I'm like, you know, instead of saying I'm not going long, why don't I just put on a, a put a short position on there? Um, so, and it really, it's really cool when you experience like, like you were saying, you know, uh, it stock tanks and, you know, it's a, and there's, it looks like a dip opportunity. Um, it looks like it's bouncing back. That's that you, you realize that's when shorts are covering sometimes. And then when you're in that position, you're the one covering in that spot. So you really get a much deeper understanding of the way that a chart works, especially on something, the things that we're trading, which are super volatile, there's a bunch of shorters, there's a bunch of people going long. So knowing which way, both of those things is really important. Um, and you can see a lot of times, like there's been a lot of false breakouts recently. Uh, when things are slow, you know, like the typical triangle, uh, ascending triangle breakouts, or, uh, you know, like breakout over pre-market highs, a lot of times they just flush, and if that's the trend, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start shorting those. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and look for the long trade when it's not there. I will move to the short trade, um, and that way you can always make money in any market. You don't have to sit on your hands all the time. There are times to sit on your hands, but um, you know there's always money to be made. So that the short the short trade allows you to do that. Uh, at least for me, I was comfortable with the long trade, and and transitioning was really helpful to me. I just want to touch on something quick. Um you talked about like uh seeing pre-market movers and like what has news and stuff um something else i think that's really important is if you're if you're looking at these pre-market movers and you see something and you're like 
Uh, I have no idea why this is moving so much and you don't see news or anything. Nine times out of ten, maybe Twitter got a hold of it. Maybe maybe it's just getting pumped. Maybe it's running off no news. That's something that <clears throat> I would typically stay away from because um, that's that's an easy way to get burned. So I just want mm-hmm. I just want to throw that in there. You, you definitely got to find the the ones that have news and the ones that have quality news. So yeah, yeah. and if your mind is telling you stay away from something, that's uh, that's a time where you could short it. Um, I have something to reveal to my followers right now. So I traded RMO a while back and I was long on it and I got my ass ran into the ground. I think I took like a 15% loss on like a three week swing. Um, but that was one of those moments where I was looking at it and I was like, I am not touching this with the 10 foot stick where it's at now. And so it's exactly what you said, Moose. I went short on it. And like, I, after I told everyone, I was like, Hey man, I'm getting out of RMO, like blah, blah, blah. And I don't tell them much about shorts because short doesn't go well on Twitter. People get mad, that kind of stuff. Um, but I shorted RMO and it's just one of those things where if the, the, the script flips, like if you see it drop beneath a, a significant support or the chart is empty, there's a gap fill to the downside, that kind of thing. It's just one of those things where it's like, I have to, like, it's something where like the short makes sense. Like I, you have to know when to flip and you have to know when to join the dark side. And on things like that, it's just, it's inevitable that um, if I'm not wanting to touch it with a 10 foot stick, then I probably need to be shorting it because then my gut is telling me the complete opposite of what it normally tells me, which the complete opposite is probably going to happen than what I want to happen. Um, So there's, there's an example of that. Um, I think we got something, we got something quick to talk about. That's just kind of not stock related, but, and I know you were talking about taco shells quite a bit recently. Oh my God, dude, don't even get me started on this. You have a passionate opinion on taco shells. So I'm going to let you, let you go off and get your your therapeutic out of this. Thank God you're letting me rant on this. Like, all right, listen, if you're using a hard taco (laughs) shell, it, it just, it's not like logistically the the best thing to use like who invented a hard taco shell you take one bite and it's destroyed right like uh, uh, i second this dude i think I ha- you have to either go soft which i prefer corn i prefer corn tortillas but if you have to go soft you have to do like the medium ones like the ones that are like fried that have like yeah i don't know what it is like they're like in between somehow um but dude you're talking about like a chalupa shell. from taco bell yeah yeah exactly like somewhere <laughs> yes yes taco bell that's my language I've never had Taco Bell, <laughs> but um, no, I don't really eat tacos that much. And I had tacos last night and hard tacos, dude. It was like I tried my hardest to keep the shell together. You probably had some stale ass. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was horrible. Horrible. They are terrible. Never the ones again. that you buy from the store are never good. I can tell you. Yeah, that. you got to no. go Taco get Bell, them at a place. Taco Bell does an okay job of, of giving you hard shell tacos. I do agree. Corn, corn tortilla fried slightly uh, is yeah. definitely definitely the move elite that is fucking elite right there yeah corn tortilla onions yes yes that's the move but if you're gonna have to do something like taco bell yeah i agree hard shell hard shell usually is a crumble factory that i just want to avoid i just can't believe like they like anyone buys them what's the point like they don't work just buy tortilla chips and put some meat and whatever else on them and eat a taco shell. here's the second reason that i dislike hard shell tortillas or hard shell whatever taco shells um 
whenever I'm eating them, bro, for some reason, one of the little like sharp pieces sticks oh, into yeah. the top of my mouth every time. It destroys your gums. Dude. And I get like a bruise. Like literally two days, I'll yeah. have like this like, ouch, what the fuck on the roof of my mouth is hurting? And it's because yeah. of this stupid hard shell. Same with popcorn, dude. I can't eat popcorn. I hate popcorn. It gets stuck in my teeth. And Wow, that's a bold, that's a bold statement. Yeah, I think we need to evaluate that one. What kinds of popcorn do you hate or do you hate all kinds no, of No, like I like the taste, but dude, it just like maybe my teeth are just weird, but it gets stuck in my teeth. I, I, I like, mean, that's true. You just got to muscle through it. True. But yeah. Teddy, you also don't like. I think Moose and I like, are just super manly and can eat popcorn. You also don't like golden. <laughs> you also don't think golden retrievers are cute, so. I don't think golden retrievers are cute, yeah, man. They're just they're like kind of not valid. They're just like a white wall. Like they are a white oh wall. God. Like that is a golden retriever right there. If it was an orange wall behind me, it'd be cool and be like, oh, I'm going to cover your face wall. right now with a, a puppy golden retriever as you're speaking. <laughs> yeah, but Teddy, Dude, your wall, your walls are white. So what does that say? True. I'm going to paint it orange now. I'm going to paint it <laughs> orange just so I can talk shit about this. These golden retrievers. So no. what's your dog choice? Um, oh shit. Let me think about this. Short haired pointer. I want, what's that? Short haired pointer. That's what you Easy. got. Yeah. I want a. I like Australian Shepherds and I like. Daddy, son of a bitch. Same. Yes. You like Australian Shepherds? Yeah, that's that's my that's my dog. If I'm gonna get a dog anytime soon. Me too, man. They're cute. I also like those big white fluffy ones. I don't know what they're called, but they're like massive. Husky? Um, no, they're like they're like literally just a big snowball. They have long hair. My girlfriend would know. See, I can't do a dog that sheds. I know my buddy just got an Australian Shepherd, and they shed so bad. Like, yeah, it does really suck. Bad. That is a shitty part about dogs in general. Yeah. Shepherds shed a crap load. Mm-hmm. Okay, so bullish versus bullshit. Our followers and our, our listeners love bullish versus bullshit. So today I kind of got three specifically picked out that um, have recently either had moves or some type of news that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Moderna, M-R-N-A. Um, what are you guys thinking just based on the chart? We'll start with you, Moose, and then we'll move to Ants, and then we'll go to me. Chart-wise and also just the company-wise, do you have any opinions on it, bullish or bullshit? Yeah, I, the, comp- the company is not bullshit. I can, I can say that. Um, they, they posted crazy, amazing earnings report. Uh, what was that, like last week, I think? Um, yes, it was 4.35 bill. Yeah. I mean, and if you look at their past earnings, it's like they, they were lost 69 cents a share. And then now it's like, you know, $6 and 46 cents a share, mm-hmm. uh, earnings per share. So it's, it's pretty nuts, uh, what they've accomplished. And, uh, I honestly think that COVID vaccines are just going to keep, they're going to, they're going to do the booster thing. They're going to keep every year, get your vax. I feel like that's going to be a thing. So, um, looking at the chart, I am not bullish, but of the company in general, it is not bullshit. And I'm, um, I would say bullish long-term, uh, main levels would be like 430, then 400. Okay. I wouldn't go long here. No. Nope. Say that. Nope. Not at all. You but, only- uh, yeah, go ahead. Pick up. Um, yeah, if I'm looking at the chart, this is like if you look up overextended in the fucking dictionary, this is overextended. Right. That, like very, very bad. <clears throat> so I definitely would not be long on this. Um, the company, yeah, the company is not bullshit, obviously. Um, but I saw something that I told Teddy is like, I don't know if it was a CEO of Moderna, Pfizer, I don't remember who it was, but um, one of these big 
players in the vaccine. He uh, went to travel somewhere, and he was traveling somewhere that required vaccination. And it, it ended up being that he actually wasn't vaccinated himself with his own vaccine, so they didn't allow him to travel. So I think that kind of like, I don't know. I think that kind of says something about um, not really knowing the side effects of these vaccines and different things, but I don't want to get too far into that, but I just thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah. That is interesting. But yeah, I would, yeah I'd so... say uh, I'd say bullshit long because this is going to fall pretty hard here soon. Yeah, I think I agree exactly with both of you guys. Like the company itself, um, do I think it's a little bit overvalued right now? Yes, but long wise, I mean, it's going to have this valuation in the future. It's going to be um, a $200 billion company once they have that yearly um, vaccination and yearly booster thing due to COVID. And also they have a ton of other um, drugs, ton of other products. So I think, yeah, it is with the 4.35 bill revenue too, that's massive, but it's overextended right now. I think we need to see 400 bucks minimum um, before we make another move up. Um, so yeah, for me, it's bullshit on the chart wise. The company is bullish. It's just not right now. Not right now. You're, you're kind of messing up your risk reward at the moment. If you're getting in. All yeah, right. I can't, I can't see a long trade here. Yeah, exactly. So second we have DraftKings, which recently, I think this week or last week acquired golden nuggets. And for the, for the listeners, DraftKings is primarily a kind of sports betting and Golden Nugget does a lot more of online casino. Um, So they do like roulette and all that kind of stuff online. So I think this is a really cool kind of branch out for DraftKings and also just a player that they're getting out of the game. Um, What do you guys think about it? Do you like the news? Do you like the valuation? Um, What do you think about the chart? I like like DraftKings. And like you guys were saying earlier, uh, football season coming up. Uh, it's going to, it's going to get some light on it. And honestly, it's just, it's just insane to see the growth in online gambling, uh, in the last year, everybody, I, everybody I look at is, is gambling online. It's just a huge market. It's an absolutely huge market. And, uh, DraftKings is one of the bigger players. So I'm bullish on the stock for sure. Uh, chart wise, let me pull it up. Um, I like it over 50. Um, I really like it over 55. Uh, I think I think it can make a move up. It's this is this would be more of a of hold for me, uh, not bullshit. I would be I would be bullish on this. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm bullish on the stock long term, and I'm bullish on the chart. Um, I charted I've I have this charted already. I don't, I must have charted it like a couple weeks ago, um, but I think we got a nice little correction. Um, that short report came out which was bullshit. It bounced back the same day. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I, I think over 56, this goes to 60. And it has, I mean, the NFL starting. It's a big-time catalyst. Um, I think the NBA starts early again this year, too. So, like, maybe, like, October. I don't know. Um, I think this definitely has some catalysts. Uh, I, I really like DraftKings, Ben, Fubo. Um, I think these are here to stay for sure, so. Yeah, I'm I'm bullish on both on DraftKings. Yeah, so I I agree with everything. I think I think it came down. It needed to touch this trend line. Um, it was I think it topped out near <laughs> seventy five, and I think 
that was a little overextended at that point. So we got the pullback we need. NFL season's coming around. They're making the acquisitions they need. The chart looks good. Everything's lining up. I think DraftKings is uh, is bullish all around. So the last one we got here, kind of a, a social media favorites. We have AMC. So they came out with their earnings report recently. And I don't remember what they what their earnings reports were. They beat earnings, but yet again, it was it was small earnings for their market cap. Now that Wall Street bets has absolutely shot them halfway to the freaking moon, um, which kudos to uh, kudos to Wall Street bets for doing that. That's impressive. But their earnings report came out. It was mediocre. Maybe if you guys know more about it, you guys can expand on it. If not, that's cool. But then they also came out and said they're going to be accepting Bitcoin here soon. I have my strong opinions on that, but you guys go ahead and give me bullish or bullshit on AMC. Um, I can lead this one off. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like looking at the chart, it's kind of bullish to me. Um, I didn't think I'd ever say that, <clears throat> but, uh, I don't know. The chart looks kind of good. I don't really, them accepting Bitcoin. I don't really think that that really doesn't mean a whole lot to me, <clears throat> to be honest. Um, I think the company's bullshit, especially if this, uh, this variant of COVID really heats up like it is and COVID cases continue to rise. I know I just got a notice from my school that said, um, if we get more than 300 cases, we're going all online. And uh, last fall, we went back for one week and we had 380 cases. So it's all but a guarantee that's going to happen. And I know COVID's getting heating up. Um, so I don't really think movie theaters are the place that uh, people are going to be going. So I think bullish on the chart, unfortunately. I can't believe I'm saying that. And uh, bullshit on the company. I'm a, can you guys hear me? Okay. I think I had unstable connection there for a second. Oh, you're good. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't, I actually don't like the chart. I hate that. Can't, I hate the candle today. Um, those are, uh, that's very ugly to me. I would have, if it, it, it would have had to be pushing 40 for me to like it. And it's down in thirty ones. Um, and yeah, earnings, I mean, they were good, I guess. Um, but not for this, not for the, not for what the company is valued at. Um, I'm, I'm, bull, I'm bearish on this it's, and bullshit. I'll call bullshit on this. Uh, yeah. I also agree with your theory. Um, you know, market cap, or I mean the, uh, uh, Delta, uh, Delta variant or whatever, it's going to put a halt in this yep. probably. So yeah, I'm going to say bullshit on, on AMC for now. Yeah. So I'm bullshit. I think, I think the chart chart looks like mediocre at best it's a if i were to rate it out of five it'd be exactly out of three um but i'm gonna what's that (laughs) so that's better than a two (laughs) i guess so yeah but i would say bullshit and i have a few reasons why um things in the stock market trade for the future and does amc have a future Um, we can kind of think about like netflix all these things coming out they're they're killing businesses like amc and i think that's where it leads me to think that this whole bitcoin thing is a cry for them to keep relevant right now they they see bitcoin was probably hot the last week and they're probably bitcoin's been hot like this year um they're probably thinking what can we do to stay relevant since wall street bets is dying down on us now they're not quite pushing us so i think that's kind of like a last kind of cry um 
feels a little desperate to me. There's there's too many things that are going to take revenue streams away from AMC for it to have a 16 bill market cap. So I just don't see it short term, long term. I don't I don't see it doing anything but grinding down to where it belongs based on the supply and demand rules of of the stock markets. Um, so yeah, I think AMC is bullshit. I had bullshit on it. I think we did it like four weeks ago or something. It was bullshit then, and it's still bullshit for me now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we I want to get quick into uh, uh, market sentiment here. Um, in like regards to spy. Um, Moose, you have any like any advice on on what you think spy is going to do here soon? I know I have. Uh, my thoughts but i want to get i think yours. it's i think it's due for a pullback mm-hmm. i think it's due for a pullback um but it, it's a it's a very hard thing to bet against i would not bet against uh, i would not would not do that uh, but i think it is due for a pullback all pullbacks are viable uh in yeah. my opinion uh look at the chart i mean it's it's ridiculous but yes it is in that same pattern i mean if you look back at the chart it's in that same pattern where it always pulls back. Yep. It's volume is decreasing as well. Um, they're not strong volume days. It made new highs today uh, on 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 some pretty light volume. So uh, I think we might see a short term dip. Good good opportunity to play some large caps long and short as well. Always have spy up if you're if you're trading um, large caps, trading them, scalping them. Um, but yeah, I think I think a short term dip uh is definitely due yeah i uh it's kind of crazy you looking at like has it has like a run pullback run pullback and the last three or four runs have been like a month a month uh long run and then a nice pullback month long run nice pullback and we're approaching that month long run so yeah i agree i definitely think we're getting a pullback here soon um i don't know how you feel teddy but yeah, so I think I think we see pullback sometime for the next few months. Um, but I have a I okay. So I had a theory a while back that we were going to see 420 and then we were going to shoot down. So like Moose is saying, it's not a thing you can time. It's not a thing that you want to make a bet against. Because I was planning to make a big bet. I wanted to go short or like puts because um, I thought we were going to see 4 420, 425, and then see 400, and then 380. Um, and I was very wrong. So good thing I didn't do it. But it's just one of those things where it's super hard to time. But I will say the one thing I, I kind of have a feeling is, is when SPY pulls back, I think that small caps are going to hold up. I think small caps, obviously, they're going to take their their hits like towards the beginning when the knife happens. But I think they're going to hold up fairly well compared to some some larger caps just because I see um iwm and it seems like it's getting its kind of not pullback but it's getting its it's kind of just just flagging out so i think we could see some sort of um like strength in it move from large caps to small caps but if that doesn't happen um and i'm just completely sounding like a crazy person trying to act like i'm warren buffett then um i apologize but i think that we could see small caps stay decently stagnant obviously they're going to get hit off that first those first um, days of the pullback, but I think they might bounce back a little quicker than large caps. Yeah, to go off IWM, that's what I was going to ask next. Um, the week of the like thirteenth of July, it had like a seventeen point pullback in it uh, into um, the twentieth, and it kind of it kind of ruined that that uh, flag we had going on, but we kind of reclaimed that. So I kind of like the look of this. I don't know, Moose, if you have any opinions on IWM, but. 
I kind of like how we're what we're looking like here. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's it's I I prefer this chart to to remain a little bit more uh, consistent than you know spy for like I I think spy is is very due. Yep. Whereas when I look at this chart, I don't think that I think it's it's consolidating in this flag formation, which is not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell you that's that's an interesting thing you bring up about uh, you know if spy drops, small caps holding up. I I love small caps in in the end of the year. They're very fun to trade. Um, I'd love to see something like a shipper run again. Um, but I, I love, I think small caps do hold up well, uh, you know, in like October, November, December, there, there's always good runners. So, um, you know, maybe we do get that pullback and small caps remain, uh, either way, uh, be ready to take, take a trade one way or the other. That's, that's what I would say. Yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree. So we kind of want to just ask you a little bit about your life. So what would you say, kind of, what do you spend your weekends doing? What do you find yourself doing in your time off? Um, so I, I, I love golfing, but as of recent, um, I started golfing. I've, I've golfed before, but, you know, I really got into golf during during COVID when it was the only thing to do. I feel like it's been absolutely, the sport has just absolutely exploded since COVID. Um so I, I've been golfing a lot recently. I love fishing. Um, I I love being outside. Honestly, that's that's I always try to be outside as much as I can, uh, especially in the summer. So uh, I'm always outside having a drink, relaxing, uh, fishing. Those are those yeah. are things I like doing. I what do you fish? Golf. I fish. I fished quite a bit. I I I fished mainly bat. I've been mainly a bass fisherman. Like Hell I was. Yeah. I was, I mean, when I was younger, that's, that's all I did. I didn't play video games. I went fishing. Um, so that was, that was my, that was my thing. Uh, now I just, you know, I do a more, a little less intense as I used to. I used to be like, you know, I don't want to fish with people who, uh, who aren't like, you know, serious fishermen, but now I know I just have a good time. And, uh, yeah, I do like, what do you fish Teddy? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm bass. Usually I'm here in the Midwest. So bass, um, I like going ice fishing every once in a while. I like going out to Colorado and trout fishing. Um, but usually just bass, get a little, some type of worm, um, Texas rig it up and just, yep. just sit and have a beer and a lawn chair type of thing. Yeah. That's, that's the move. Yeah. And did you, uh, you're a golf guy. Oh, I love to golf. I was just going to say, um, I just got a brand new driver. I just got uh, a Sim 2. It's a funny story. My, nice. Uh, I'm a lefty, so it's like impossible to find lefty clubs. Um, my buddy works at a Golf Galaxy, and he uh, texted me the one day. He's like, I have this lefty Sim 2 that just came in, and somebody in the back must have marked it wrong. They marked it for 249 and it's like a $550 driver. <clears throat> He's like, you got to call our other friend to come pick it up because I can't buy it for you or I'll get fired. So I, te- I texted my buddy. He ran over and bought it for me. And I'd been like looking for a driver for like three months. So that's, uh, that's great. That just happened that's last week. That's a steal. Week. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. big time steal. But I love to golf. I've probably golfed 80 times since May because my, uh, my buddy works at a golf course. So we get to golf for free, which is really nice. But That's sweet. I'm the so, same boat. Yeah. What do you, what do you eat? Cause I'm a, I'm a food guy. What do you find yourself eating? Oh God. Um, I'm, I'm a huge steak eater. I love steak and I love seafood. 
Uh, if I can live on steak and seafood, I'm I'm a happy I'm a happy person. Uh, but I think I've I've recently just been so obsessed with steak. It's like it's a bad thing. It's like all I want to do is have a steak. Like I'll have I'll I'll be like you know in the middle of my day, be like fuck it, I'm throwing steak on the grill. So what cut? I love New York. Mm, that's a good cut. Do you like do you like the fattier steaks? Um, nah, actually, I'm a I'm a shoulder steak and flank steak kind of guy. Those are kind of my two. Um, I also like ribeye, but like I don't know. We can get here in Iowa. Like, there's fucking cows everywhere, so we can get like <laughs> way cheaper than everywhere else. So I've tried a bunch of steak, and I don't know shoulder steak for me. I don't know what it is. That's that's probably my top one. Um, and it's not like a, it's not like an expensive cut or anything that people, people tout about, but it's my favorite. Yeah. We bought a me My, uh, my sister was like, you want to split a split a half a cow? And I was like, what? Hell yeah. That's what we do all the time here, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. Whatever. You know, let's, let's <laughs> do it. Half, a, half a cow. And it was so much. I mean, I didn't realize what I was getting into. It's like, this is so much meat. You got to go yeah. buy a freezer. Yeah, I, yeah, my freezer, one of my freezers is full of full of ground beef. I have like thirty packets of ground beef. I'm like, what am I doing with it, all this? <laughs> Eating a lot of burgers and spaghetti. Yeah, seriously, dude, I'm not a big ground beef fan. I'm like, I don't know. I like, I I'll like it, but sometimes I get sick of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. But I That's love me with chicken sometimes, man. Yeah. If I if I eat chicken too much and then I think about what I'm eating and how dry it is in my mouth, sometimes I get like really grossed out. <laughs> you got to brine it. You got to brine it. I do. I I, I I get thighs more than yeah. more than breasts because thighs are like moister and stuff. But yeah, I own chickens as well. Oh, you oh. do? Yeah. Damn, got, that's uh, sweet. I've got a dozen chickens. Do you do you like use them for eggs or do you eat yeah, one? Yep, eggs. So yeah, well, eggs I, I ha- I've had chickens for like the past like three years, um, but they get they get murdered quick. Let me tell you, you cannot. You there's a very it's very hard to keep chickens safe. Uh, you have to really build a, a nice enclosure for them. So yeah, but I have them for the eggs and they're awesome. Having fresh eggs is really cool. All right, so chickens. So. Yeah. What is it like having chickens? I had ducks when I was a kid, but I've never had chickens. And I've been debating when I get a house to get chickens. Yeah. So you, you need property. That's for sure. Uh, you need enough for it to keep them wet, keep them, you know, in the backyard away from whoever you're around. Um, I will say don't, I let my chickens free range the first time I got them. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to be a good chicken owner and let them free range. They will tear your shit up. So they shit on the deck. They shit everywhere. So that's what I figured, f- man. And it smells too. Chicken yeah, shit is bad. Oh, it's terrible. It's the worst. Um, also, just keeping predators away is just, it's so difficult. I mean, raccoons are probably the, I don't know how they haven't taken over the world yet, to be honest with you, because they can get into anything. They're smart. They're really smart animals. Dude, so, I got a story about that too. If you go camping, man, raccoons will find a way into your cooler you can sit out there on top of it and stand on it with a gun all night and you'll like there'll be a raccoon in it somehow like i'm convinced that i could stand guard at my cooler and a raccoon would find its way around me and get inside of it without me even hearing it they are sneaky as fuck yeah they're they're so good with their hands they can actually you know they open things i've seen them pull lids off of things before it's like they can open a door if you, if it's crazy. They're, they're unlatch your so cooler, hard. 
they could probably dude we should we should program raccoons to open beers for us because i guarantee they could oh and they then bring it could. to us walk it over to us the only like thing this. is they, they would drink it and steal it before they got it because <laughs> they're little shits chickens yeah. are impossible to keep safe uh, they we, are very they're just like the perfect prey yeah we had three sets of chickens the first two sets we had a dozen chickens each time and they all died it was impossible it's very hard yeah it is very hard but i don't like eggs so whatever you know Another one of his no. very strong opinions. Eggs are yeah. gross. <laughs> That's, okay, yeah, get this. This kid doesn't like deviled eggs either. Deviled eggs are like That's the delicacy the of eggs. Yeah, I eat eggs almost every day. Well, my That's just like a go-to. Like, I don't know what to eat. Let me make eggs. Let I me can't. throw like an egg sandwich up or let me throw like eggs and cheese. I'll say I get grossed out by eggs like once a week maybe, but then the next day I'm back at it. I totally feel that. You eat eggs and mayonnaise, dude. Like I am proud. That's I'm just a proud basically egg eggs. And mayonnaise. All right, that's okay. You know what? I'm not. I, I will See, not that's gross. <laughs> I will not get behind that one. No. Eggs and mayonnaise. No, no, no. Because it's deviled egg. That's what deviled eggs are. Eggs and mayonnaise. Yeah, it's disgusting. I, dude. Okay, there's paprika on there. There's little pickles cut up in it. It's a flavor profile. Oh, and I thought you literally made like scrambled eggs and threw mayo on top. Um, I think I would jump off a cliff if I ever did that. Okay, that's what, that's what I thought he was referring to. The texture of that just makes me want to throw up right now. Yeah, that's, that sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> okay, I think Ant's got, got our Q&A section up and running. Oh, are you done with that? Yeah, well, I'm going to be done with that. All right, we'll cut that out. You want me to start the Q&A? Yeah. All right, Moose. Um... Uh, a little Q and A that we do every episode. We we pull questions from Twitter. We do uh, one serious and one funny one. I'm laughing because I'm looking at the funny one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you, what are your favorite stocks for like a 10, 15 year hold? Like anything specific that uh, jumps out to you? Uh, so you guys might shit on me for this one, but I love Tesla. I've been holding it for a while now, and. Uh, I think I think it is the leading EV, and I think we're moving towards it. So I, I like Tesla for a long term hold. Call me a uh, call me a bandwagon. Call me whatever you like. I like Tesla. Oh, I like it. I like Tesla. I think I think Tesla, and then I think the uh, the other one I would like is maybe CCIV along with it. Um, oh wait, no, that's Lucid now. LCID. Yeah, it's Lucid now, but. Um, I like that one too. I think that one has a chance to be like the co the co kind of EV company with Tesla just because they're tech. But um, yeah. I'm also really like I think alongside those those EVs because I think EVs are probably the best long term bet um, as of right now. I think those those normal automakers that you think could transition a lot into it, like Ford, if they make a big profile into electric vehicles in the next few years. We could see them like they them have a nice run. Um, they could be good long term, but yeah, that's yeah. my thoughts on electric vehicles. Yeah, I'd say just like I could name a bunch, but just like some sectors. I like clean energy. I like uh, some of the weed uh, tickers. I like um, some of the EV ones. I like MNMD a lot. I know Teddy likes that. Yeah. So yeah, so like, there's a lot of psychedelics, psychedelic uh, stocks that are extremely extremely cheap. That's what, dude, we should, we need to talk about that being a sector that could get hot within the next few months because I know the two leaders in psychedelic, um, like the two leading companies in the psychedelic sector, both have 
a big catalyst quarter three or I think beginning of quarter four. So, I mean, that's one that because Compass has one and MD has one as well. So that's a sector that could could pop off. And there's a few companies that are coming public that have psychedelics. And there's a few that are like hiding it in their company yeah. corporate presentations. But uh, that's a sector that I could have brought up earlier. Yeah, definitely psychedelics. I just went to a festival like three weeks ago and people are definitely using them. So was um, someone named Anthony using them? He was not actually. He was drinking Dang. water. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Our funny question. <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> it says, it says, how long could you last in a boxing ring <laughs> with a, with a blind prime Mike Tyson? <laughs> Uh, oh god uh, fuck man if he hit me one time I did I did MMA and I wrestled <laughs> so I have a little bit of experience but honestly I'm more scared of him blind I feel like his rate his senses are just <laughs> elevated he's gonna be and going he, like this <laughs> just running yeah. around <laughs> if he hits me if he hits me blind I mean that's some pure strength <laughs> I don't know a minute <laughs> uh, okay so so I wrestled too. And so I think my strategy would be to lay on the bottom of the ring. <laughs> Cause oh, before I, I don't know, man, though. Cause if I was not allowed to do that, like if there was a referee and they were like, don't lay on the ground in front of a blind Mike Tyson, I literally think he would just like, he would know where I was somehow his like ring right. IQ has to be, I think I would last like 20 seconds. He would just chase after me windmilling and I would like accidentally move my head into one. Cause I have never boxed, never done any boxing or anything. And I, yeah, then I'd have some punch. hospital bills. Yeah, it just takes one. From that's how long. Dude, that's what he was saying. If, if he's blind, he's going to be throwing literally all power because oh, yeah. he doesn't know where he's throwing. So it's going to be harder probably than his like calculated ones. That's terrifying. But as soon as you got hit, you're done. So that's how long I would last. Once I got hit, that was it. That'd be it for me. <clears throat> Honestly. I just imagine him with a blindfold on running around after a random civilian <laughs> in a ring. Wait, was man. it blindfolded or was it blind? <laughs> I don't know if he's. Well, this is blind. Same thing. No, because I was thinking of him blind, like you know, like white milky eyes, and then like running at you, like you know, <laughs> I would faint of fear. Then if he doesn't yeah, have that's, a stick, that's what is I was he gonna beat you with like, a stick too? That's what I envisioned. Wait, if he's <laughs> blind, then his senses are like super enhanced. Exactly. Oh, he's that's, got like echolocation ears, bro. Yeah, you're screwed take a, then. You want to stay in one spot then and just bob and weave, man. <laughs> Try your best yeah. to bob and weave. I'd hide behind the ref, I think. Yeah, I, I would lay on the ground. That would be my first move, yeah. lay on the ground. Or try to grab his ankle and Whoever then wrote run question. away really fast. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was a good question. Um, so we always end with a conspiracy. Last week we talked about if Big Pharma is money hungry and trying to keep like the cancer cure from us. Um, and that was a really good one to talk about. So we got another one that I think is a pretty good one to talk about. So... Lately, there's been a lot of speculation that um, artificial intelligence, AI, is kind of expanding its its grasp on the world using like social media, using um, like different kinds of, of internet services. So there's things that, that take your credit card, things that take your debit card, things that take your bank info. And I've seen quite a few people commenting on the fact that one day these like... Um, these these some sort of uh ai could drain your bank account and enslave you to slowly get it back that kind of thing which is really really speculative and kind of crazy to think about um 
And also the fact that like social media is like addictive and it's been proven to be addictive due to the uh, like, I think it's dopamine or endorphins of some kind that it releases when you see like your picture getting a lot of likes, that kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. And also that like screens can cause changes in your brain. Um, so I just want to to kind of open the dialogue to if you guys think there's any truth in that, any possibility to that. Um, so what do you guys think on that? About AI, was, wait, clarify the question for me. So like, can, is there a chance you think at all that AI could like be holding our bank info or like possibly be like using social media to like mess with people's brains, that kind of thing, like just, just slowly just deteriorating our world? I, I, I do not think that's happening, but you know, I'm just, I, I don't, I have a hard time, you know, wrapping my head around that shit. So I'm like, no, not happening. Yeah. Nor do I, I don't, I don't pay enough attention to that and I don't want to. Um, I do think AI is, is extremely powerful and a little bit scary. Uh, and so is social media. Um, I try, I try my best to, to limit myself and just enjoy my life uh, without those things. And, uh, but so I, I try not to pay attention to it, but that is a crazy thought to think about. Uh, yeah. I do not think, I don't know. I would like to see more in depth about that theory because I can't see how the hell that would make any sense or like how it would go be, how it would go about. But yeah, so no, I, I don't think so. To I did that. quite a bit of reading on it before this. And let me just start off by saying, I don't think this is true either. Um, I don't think this is happening because I think um, there were to be people who are smart enough to have found that out and probably exposed it to like all of us and shit. And I just, I think, I think social media is shitty. Like I think it gives people a lot of bad images in their head of what things should be and how life should be. But I, I don't like social media, but I don't think there's any like huge plot going on to overtake us or use our bank accounts, that kind of shit. But what I saw was, is they said that back in like 2008, we crossed a threshold where there was um, like internet things deep in the internet started creating themselves. So then like they started like expanding their own websites. And so there's websites on the internet that have been created by artificial intelligence and not a human. And so they think that like at that threshold, it's very possible that of some sort, they could have created some like database holding all the information about every human, all their bank accounts, blah, 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 all this, um, everything, like where they go in the day, like they could be tracking our phones and knowing exactly where we are and know like, and then there's some sort of like way that they're going to like slowly um, take our money and then end up like just basically making us like work like it's a, like an apocalyptic um not utopian dystopian movie where like we're controlled by some computer thing telling us you must go to work today and I will get you enough money to give you food because they take all of our money. That's what I saw um, after that point in like 2008. But for me, that's something that um, I don't want to think about because there's nothing <laughs> I can do about it. So I'm going right. to say that I don't think that there's any way in hell that that is real. Um, I don't, I don't think that's real, but then sometimes I think, <clears throat> life is a simulation um which i'm kind of half joking but i think we talked about that before like maybe it's a possibility but um that know. freaks me out bro that I, is fucking weird it's just like the it. unknown is kind of what freaks people out like nobody really knows um it's just not worth thinking about to me exactly yeah that's what i was gonna yeah. say it's like i i would just rather not think about it i think anything at this point is possible you got to think back like however many years like the concept of like a television now to me is just like blows my mind that anyone ever thought of this 
or like a cell phone like i can't a even moving wrap, picture exactly yeah. like i can't even wrap my head around things so i i don't know how I, does my voice travel through a wire exactly or through the air how yeah. does my voice travel through the air and end up at another person's phone yeah I i'll think never so. understand that it makes me really sad. Sometimes I think about how smart people were who did these things. And I'm like, wow, I am an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I am yeah. really stupid because I, I, I am just in shock by the level of intelligence of the people who came up with some of the stuff that we think is just normal. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude, I will tell you, I felt like the biggest idiot of my entire life. I just bought a new computer cause my laptop broke and I wanted to upgrade to like a desktop of some sort anyway. And I could not figure out how to connect a second screen and my third screen to my desktop for like two hours. And I tell you, I like felt like the biggest idiot in the world when I found out it's one damn cord. It's an yeah. HDMI cord. You should have asked me. And oh, dude, yeah, I felt like an idiot and I'm embarrassed to admit that on a YouTube video, but that happened. Yeah, I think anything's possible at this point, honestly. Like Moose said, it's just best not to think about it. Yeah, there's Honestly. nothing we can do if the course is in action. Obviously, it's not yeah. like an iRobot movie where like the robots are taking over. So yeah, but no, but I think I think that's kind of where we uh, where we're gonna draw an end to this podcast. Uh, we want to thank you a ton, Moose, for coming on. Um, we respect you as a trader immensely, and I know that our followers do as well, and all of Atlas does too. So just thank you for taking the time to come out and uh, spit some some great knowledge for everybody. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. I, I hope I contributed to your list to your uh, followers in some way. It was awesome talking with you guys. Uh, I had a great time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it's the first time we've met, so it was great meeting you. And uh, yeah, it was great to meet you as well. Yeah, that was a fun episode. So yeah, that's yeah. all I got. Who's that lounging in my chair? Casting deep via stairs in my direction. Mama, this surely is a dream. Yeah, yeah, Mama, this surely.